Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Code Untapped Tech Talk. I'm Ez. And I'm Jay. And we're going to be discussing everything coding, tech, and startup related. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's Code Untapped Tech Talk. So today, we're, work- we're talking about working for Google with Daryl Ajay. And Daryl is actually one of my mentees from the Amos Bursary. He's had quite an incredible beginning to his career as a young lad. Um, you know, he worked at Goldman for a little bit. He joined the Google DeepMind team. He's been in their health tech team. And now he's about to kick off his own startup at Y Combinator. So, Daryl, how are you doing today? Hey, yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. <laughs> good to have you. Jay, how are you doing? As always, my co-founder Jason's with us. I'm good, Ez, I'm good. And uh, welcome, Daryl. Thank you. So, so Daryl, look. We just want to spend a little bit of time. Obviously, you've done some pretty amazing stuff for a young, young guy. And not only that, but a young black man as well. I'm, I'm really impressed at what you've achieved so far. So I touched on some of it, but can you talk to us a little bit about what you did before joining Google? Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, just again, I'm Daryl, um, born and raised in London. Um, yep, so I grew up in South London. Um, from quite early on, was quite academic. Um, I don't know why I was, but yeah, single parent household, uh, sort of my mom instilled into me like the importance of education, getting a good education. So like, um, that was really important for me. Um, so I was able to uh, basically study really well, sort of get to the top of my class. Um, I was really interested in physics and maths really early on. Um, I'd say the, the problem uh, with that was like a lot of people from my community, when you're really good at school, you're not really sure of what to do when you leave school. Pretty much, um, I was really good at A-levels. And so, you know, really good at A-level physics. So I thought, I'll go to university and just do physics at uni. It's actually quite crazy looking back on it now because I realized I had no idea who Mark Zuckerberg was when I was like, when I was like in year 13. I didn't really know much about what I could do uh, outside of more typical roles like becoming Sorry, a doctor. Sorry, can you just remind me, how, how old were you when Facebook came out? <laughs> because you're making me and Jason hmm. feel really old now. <laughs> I was, I think I was in year four, which I think is like 10 or something. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's really young. <laughs> 10, yeah, 10, yeah. I think Jason and I were either at university or working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <I was> definitely... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. The reason I bring that up is like, um, the point is, yeah, I was really good at school and I had like a lot of ambition, but I didn't have anything to sort of put that in um, because nobody in my family or no, I had no, I'd never met a software engineer in my life. I didn't know what you could do aside from like just becoming a doctor, becoming a lawyer. I sort of knew I didn't really want to do that. I did give those a go. Um, so I was able to get work experience uh, in like the um, in-house, um, you know, like solicitor office um, inside of IBM, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, so I was there for a week. Um, it was during like the financial crash or at least the aftermath of it. So I remember there was a week, there was a day when we went to, um, we, we got to go to an actual court case between Deutsche Bank and Commerce Bank, uh, something to do with like the aftermath of the crash. That was kind of interesting, but I wasn't really into it. I was probably more, I was more into like technical things, basically. Right. Um, but I continued to pursue physics, you know, um, went off to Imperial um, 2014 to study physics. Um, J- that's Jason pretty... did a physics degree as well, actually. Oh, you I did? Th- yeah, nice. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I loved it. So what was your favorite yeah. topics there in your physics degree? I mean, I really loved, so like I went down the theoretical uh, route. So I was sort of super into like electromagnetism, quantum mechanics, uh, classical mechanics, the more sort of mathematical subjects. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really like, funnily enough, I didn't actually like touching any equipment. So like, I was terrible <laughs> like practicals and stuff like that. I was more of a, yeah, I liked maths and like problems that made you think more yeah. so than like problems where you have to like carry out experimentation to find them out, um, that kind of thing. So when I arrived at uni, um, the thing that surprised me was, okay, now you're sort of in this environment where you have like people from all over England who, you know, all over the world, sorry, who've had, yeah, different experiences to you. Um, and very quickly you find out that they are more aware of the things you can do in the world than you were. Um, I was shocked to find that there were people my age who were like writing code to build software and like starting like million pound businesses. Um, and the moment I realized that, I think like my life changed. Um, Cause I remember, I remember it was uh, me and my friend uh, who were in our first year of physics. Um, we were unsure what to do afterwards. Um, and we were getting a bit uh, suspicious of what we could actually, doubtful of what we could actually do with physics, right? We were thinking, okay, there's no like obvious destination here. Uh, we know we're really into maths, sort of like technical things, but we're not really sure um what if there is a career that will allow us like leverage our technical skills uh you know being very academic whereas you know while still making money pretty much the only option was to work in a bank um at least to become like a quant in a bank um at the time and so we were sort of like going down that route uh but what we really wanted to do was actually switch out from physics to the computer science course um because we saw sort of coding or like entering the world of tech as like this huge thing that we had no idea about, but looks really promising. Um, but we were too scared to actually make the transition. So we just stayed in physics and we taught ourselves to code. Um, so Imperial do teach you to obviously to code, but like it's not like application development. It's more like scripting languages for, uh, you know, sort of data science type tasks. So we had a bit of coding under our belt, but then we really, really uh, took it upon ourselves to take that to the next level. Uh, we were interested in building apps. So we learned Python, of course, uh, but then we taught ourselves Java, which was outside of the course. And we made a two Android games that we launched wow. onto the Play Store yeah, at the end of our first year. And that was crazy. That summer of first year was like my proper dive into the world of tech. So I remember I was watching like all of like the, the TechCrunch videos, uh, all of the interviews of like the Instagram founder, but can, can, can I founders. Just because you did something quite unusual here, right? You started off as a physics um, yeah. graduate. You found yourself at an investment bank in a finance type role, but you went, no, I'm not interested in this. I want to do technology. I want to be a programmer. Yeah. So what, what actually happened was, um, I think at least the, my sort of journey into the finance world actually came so yeah so leading up to that when i so yeah when i uh, realized i didn't want to be a lawyer um and pretty much after that i was still sort of in this corporate mindset um and pretty much the only other corporate job i knew of in existence was banking um and i spoke to a few like uh, mentors about it they suggested hey have you tried being a quant um i said hey you know that sounds interesting i do like math so i was looking into that a bit uh and that's probably why i started applying to uh, roles in banking um, what I think is really great, and for any like anyone at uni listening, what is really great about at least uh, you know the banking industry is that 
I think they make it much easier to get a, a foothold or like there's a, there's a clearer path to and through the industry than I think there are in like other uh, tech companies. So like I remember, and they still have it today, but they had like, uh, you know, um, spring weeks that you could apply to in your first and second year at university and also summer internships. So it was really quite well structured and mm-hmm. um, it made it easy to get an internship in a bank. Whereas like for a play, somewhere like Google or Facebook, I thought it was quite, quite not too obvious how to actually get a, uh, you know, some sort of junior role there. Right. Okay. So, so that was actually the reason why I sort of started with banking. Um, they just made it. Yeah. They were all over campus. Um I had friends who had done it. Everybody wanted to be an investment banker, really. <laughs> so there was already this sort of like, um, it was just, yeah, the network effects were there, basically. So it was really easy to get into banking. Um, so, yes. So, Darryl, I'm really, really interested in how you how you migrated from, well, not migrated, but from actually, what were your steps to take from, you know, I'm a physics graduate now. Yeah, I'm, you know, writing some Heisenberg's uncertainty principle and all of that sort of stuff to actually... Yeah you know, pushing my, pushing your first app out on the Play Store. How did you, I mean, what were the steps? What languages did you right. learn? Mm-hmm. What, what did you do? Yeah. So, the, so learning Python was a really great start for me. So a part of the Imperial course, they teach you Python just to do data science. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that wasn't really, um, you know, self. Um, I didn't really take this, I didn't really have the initiative to learn that as much as it was taught to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, I did, you know, take a hold of that. And I did learn general coding principles from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me and my friend basically just went on YouTube, uh, just in search of what to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came across like some really cool guy and well, cool, maybe like a nerdy way, but <laughs> it's a <laughs> YouTube channel uh, called The New Boston. And he basically makes like a bunch of tutorials on like a bunch of uh, different like um, languages. Uh, and he had one on like Android and Java in particular. Um, so we just went through his tutorials. And then eventually we said, okay, let's just try and make a game out of this. So we basically learned and built something at the same time. So we learned enough in order to build something to learn the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're quite, you know, basic games. We, it was just like a mobile games where like there's a ball falling across the screen and you're like swiping at it to right. like knock targets sort of thing. Nothing too complex, but it was enough to get a really, you know, good understanding of some basic programming principles. So Ez, I'm really a fan of this just-in-time learning. I think it's I think it's excellent. So mm-hmm. you know, you learn what you need to get the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, but how did you go? So there's a whole lot of stuff going on here. How did you yeah. go from that to to Google? What was the next big jump, yeah. and how did that come about? So I spent second and third year still studying physics, but then spending my extra time working on side projects. So I uh, joined courses with like various friends who had ideas for apps and I helped to build them. And that sort of took me on this journey where I learned how to program in Java, JavaScript, mm-hmm. uh, learning that sort of Angular uh, framework, uh, learning a bit of React all over the place, just picking up these skills all over here just to get things done. Uh, mostly for my friends who were trying to start startups and I was interested in startups um, at the time. Okay. Um, but then, uh, instead of going into my fourth year of physics, I thought, you know what, I kind of had enough of this. I want to make the full commit and just jump to computer science. So instead of doing a master's in physics, I sort of switched over and did what at Imperial they call a conversion course. Mm-hmm. It's a master's, but it's sort of like for people who don't have a background in computing. Right. So I did that in my fourth year. 
uh, during that time, this is, I guess, how the story goes. I, for my thesis, I worked on like, um, I worked for the Brain and Behavior Sciences Lab on a, a really cool project for um, uh, disabled people. Their idea was to build an uh, autonomous wheelchair that you sort of control just with your eye gaze. So it right. looks at where you looks at where your eyes are looking. It gauges your intent, are you where you want to go from that? Wow. And the wheelchair navigates there. So it was like me and like two or three other PhDs on the project. And I was a master's student at the time. So I was sort of in this bio world. And at the time, DeepMind had a health division where they were working on, of course, like just building tools for doctors, clinicians, et cetera. Um, and so I went to a conference um, through my friend, uh, had an intro to the lady from DeepMind who was presenting at a conference. She said, hey, you want to try and apply? Uh, I applied, got in. DeepMind Health became Google Health, and that was sort of my journey transition into Google. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah. Post that, we, there's a whole bunch of stuff we could talk about about you at Google, but yeah. you've actually made another transition, haven't you? What, what's happening there? Yeah. Do you mind talking about that? Oh, yeah. So, I guess most recently, I am now, I guess, leaving Google. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'd always had a passion for entrepreneurship. Um, always been a fan of Y Combinator, which is uh, this accelerator program uh, in the States. Uh, quite a few popular companies have come out of it, uh, like Stripe, Dropbox, Airbnb. Uh, a few, two years ago, I went to a conference of theirs. It was like a full four day, you know, extended uh, weekend thing in Colorado, where I got to meet a bunch of their partners and some of the founders who've been through it. It was a great experience. Uh, from then, I've always wanted to do it. Uh, me and a few friends applied. Uh, to be in their latest uh, summer batch, which lasts for three months, to give you an uh, initial investment, um, and yeah, we, fortunately enough, we were we got in. So this summer, I will be uh, doing the uh, Y Combinator. Amazing. So leaving Google. Well that. done, well done. And by the way, Thank this you. is my second mentee from the Amos Bursary who's setting up their own startup. So I'm very, <laughs> very proud of that. And both have been at Google as well. So absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, for the net, quickly, I just, you know, we do our LinkedIn polls around different subjects. And there's a poll yeah. that we've had on for the last couple of weeks, which I think is right up your street. And okay. the question was, as a grad with a startup idea, would you get a job and do the startup in your spare time? Or would you go and build your startup full time? Right yeah. now, 88% of our audience said they would do the startup in their spare time. Now, I know I've got my own thoughts. Jason's got his thoughts. But I'd love to hear from you, Daryl. What do you think about that? Yeah, this has been a uh, this has been a question I've been wrestling with for a very long time. I've even been I know you have because we've had a lot of conversations. <laughs> about this. I don't even know if I have the answer, but but I can speak. I can yeah, I can talk through how I thought about it. Mm. Um, so the truth is, yeah, when I was at uni, I really wanted to do a startup, um, and I was always the reason why I was working on side projects is because I was always looking for an opportunity. To do a startup, that meant that I didn't actually have to go into work. When I look back at that time, I was actually really, I was a really poor engineer. Like I didn't know. It takes a lot of guts to admit that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it really does. I mean, I'm a poor, I mean, I would say I'm a poor engineer now, but <laughs> of course, right. like, everybody knows that it can be better. But back then, I mean, like compared to where I am now after my years at Google, like I was a really, really poor engineer. And in fact, I, like there was so, there's so much that I didn't know not just about uh, clean, writing clean code, which is important, but just like how systems work, um, how like apps and backend systems work. 
sort of stuff. I had no idea about that, but I was mostly just super excited to just work on a project. Mm. Um, the reason why I ended up at Google was because it just sort of just never happened for me. Like there was never mm. a product startup that took off. Uh, so eventually I saw all of my friends, my friends from Goldman, uh, going, getting full-time jobs at Goldman, making a lot of money. And mm. I sort of felt pressure to do something about that. So I thought, you know what, let me just, you know, put a side of things to one side. Let me focus on getting a job. Um, as well as that, I sort of had my own personal sort of situation going on. Of course, um, I was, you know, come from a single parent household. You know that you have some duty to help support your family. Um, so, you know, like for me, it was, it felt like the responsible thing to do to go into a great technology company, become a much better engineer and make a bit of money. Um, so that's the decision I took. Uh, after you know this two to three years at Google, when I reflect on it, I would say the benefits of having done that were that now I've made a bit of money. So as I actually try and do my mm -hmm. startups, I'm sort of I'm not at the mercy of just investors because I do have I can actually go and like spend a year or so just working on it without the fear of having uh, you know money coming in from either the startup yeah. su succeeding or from investors. Absolutely. Um, that war chest is so, so that personal runway, that war chest of cash. And yeah. I know, Jason, you can talk to this. I've got personal experiences as well. So important. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, like my, be, having Google on my CV helped a lot. <laughs> like it helped getting into Y Combinator. Even like people are more likely to speak to you. <laughs> right. Because you worked at Google. So like that helped a lot. And I have friends who had opportunities to do similar things and also took the Google job or the Facebook job. So I do know it's, uh, it, is, it is a quite a valuable thing. Um, I would also say like, it's also valuable in like, for finding problems, um, mm -hmm. not in my own experience, but from speaking with quite a few people, like a lot of the problems that they work on for their startups come from what they do with their jobs. Um, so that is something that I've seen quite a bit. I would say though that probably the only downside of not the only but a downside of going straight into a big corporate is that like when I'm working on my startups, I feel like I'm more I'm responsible for a lot more of the architecture than I would be at Google. And it's funny because you actually learn a lot more direct technical skills from doing that. Um, I feel as if like Google has taught me how to be a good engineer, how to be a good like you know soft skills as well as uh, the hard engineering skills um, and best practices, that sort of stuff. But then like sort of very direct practical skills. I think a lot of that I've actually got, you know, I got that from working on side projects, working on startups, that sort of thing. Because of course, like working at Google, you work directly in the Google stack. You don't use like common tools like Node or React that you probably will use when you actually leave and start a startup kind of thing. No, oh, absolutely. I, I think, Everything you said is absolutely spot on. And I know you and I have discussed this a lot. Jay, you're actually going through your own um, experience right now. And we haven't got a huge amount of time, but if you could just touch on some of your thoughts around that, given what Daryl's just said, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a lot more older than Daryl, so I've got a few more <laughs> responsibilities there, Daryl. So, and I, but I 100% agree with you. I think um, with regards to... Um, jumping straight in and, and, and trying to tackle your uh, idea, it's good to actually have that grounding in a, in, in a large corporate, in a large organization, because it really gives you um, 
sorry, there's a plane flying right over just as that's I'm... all right. We we can hear you fine, mate. We okay, can perfect. Yeah, so it gives you that. It gives you that domain knowledge as well. So it gives you domain knowledge. It gives you those soft, soft skills that you talked about. It gives you an appreciation of what you need to have, what structures you need to have in place when you're actually going to uh, to do your startup. But I 100% agree. When you're actually doing your own startup, you will um, you will be required to do everything. Yeah. So you will learn every aspect of the technology, but you'll know, but you'll also learn every aspect of the domain space or the service that you're trying to provide as well. So you'll be yeah. much more well-rounded from that perspective. But and then there's the important thing of having that runway in place, which you can only get through working. So it, it so I do agree with you. There's 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 value in in going out and getting that industry experience and building up that war chest to be able to then use that as a runway to you know complete what you need to do on your in your entrepreneur life definitely yeah brilliant brilliant so look i think we're, we've come we're coming to the end of this week's tech talk i just want to touch on you know what we're doing in a few weeks time so we actually have a workshop with google um, a panel it's happening on the 4th of august six o'clock in the evening and it's all about the coder's journey to google and it probably won't come as a massive surprise to you that daryl is going to be speaking on that panel about his experience of actually applying to google mm -hmm. daryl do you want to just touch a little bit on what you're going to talk about during that event yep so i'll say applying to google i, I once watched a, a video on youtube that the first time i watched it i thought this is completely useless. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, this is the most useful thing in the world. Um, it was it was, a, it was a guy, I think in uh, somewhere in Canada, and he was talking about getting into like the big tech companies, what you have to do to get the big tech companies. And he pulls up a slide and it says, to get in, you only have to do two things. One, get an interview. Second, pass the interview. <laughs> and then I thought, this is completely useless. What is this going to do? I realized like encoded in that, he meant, there are basically a set of actions that you have to do at first to get an interview. And then there's a separate set of actions you have to right. do to pass the interview. Good advice. Um, that was like the first thing I learned. And yeah, then the only question was, what are those set of activities? And the first was pretty much like the set of activities you do to get noticed. Um, for me, it was everything from going to the networking events. Uh, let's not spoil it. Let's not spoil it. We're going to talk I think everyone listening, you've got a bit of a taster for some yeah. of the yeah, yeah, incredible yeah. things Daryl's going to be talking about. There, are, there will be other people on the panel as well, but Daryl yeah. will absolutely yeah. be there. So look, I think um everyone we've got one more panel on our you know another uh, sorry another poll on our linkedin page today it's this time it's all about what's your preferred code editor we're interested to speak a little mm. bit about some of the tools that you work with when you're building startups and going forwards we're going to have a number of conversations around what does it take to actually build a tech team within a startup and how do you go about finding technical co-founders so keep keep listening to the series we, we've always got great stuff to talk about Thank you, everybody. That this has been me. Ez, anything from you, Daryl? Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. I'm looking forward to the to the panel. Brilliant. And and as always, final words from my co-founder Jay. So, Daryl, it's great to have you today on your chat. But to everybody else, just uh, stay tuned and uh, keep coding. Fantastic. All right, guys, take it easy. See you next time.